Just because we are Christians, we are not insulated from life's problems, right? I mean, if anything, we may have more of them. That's why it's important we know how to counsel ourselves biblically to persevere and to work through them. Last time, we talked about how to specifically use Scripture. Today, we'll look at ways that are Bible-based, but not the Bible itself. What do I mean? Well, stay tuned. Welcome to Thy Kingdom Comma. Thy Kingdom Comma is an evangelical Christian blog and podcast encouraging Christians in their biblical worldview, their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to active participation in the furtherance of His kingdom through Great Commission Living. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. As Christians, we're not to rely on our feelings or on our heart or what we think God is saying. Those are not how we are to hear from God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Did you catch how the negative there is sandwiched between restating of the same idea to look to the Lord, both before and after it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So instead, God has given us his word, the scriptures. We go to the Lord in prayer and we talk to him about whatever is troubling us or what we need guidance on. And then we turn to his word and look for his providences around us in answer to us. And then again, we check those with what the Bible says and where God's leading and confirming. If, in fact, we're looking for something for guidance, let's say. You can go back and listen to the previous show if you missed the six ways we can biblically counsel ourselves directly from the Bible. If you haven't listened to it, I suggest you go back and give it a listen. You can go back to www.thykingdomkama.com forward slash two, just the number two. But we can also biblically counsel ourselves outside of the Bible. And you say, wait, what? Well, maybe indirectly is a better way to say it than outside the Bible. It doesn't mean that we're not reading and meditating on God's Word. Uh, it's certainly that. It means hearing God speak through His Word as it is preached and taught as well. Our attitude, for example, when we hear a sermon should always be one of receiving asking ourselves and asking the Lord, what is God saying to me in this sermon? But also, that idea of teaching, of hearing God speak through teaching, isn't just audible teaching, right? Because teaching can take many forms. Teaching can also take the form of the writings of others. So we're going to look at that next. Six ways we can look at the writings of others and other resources to help us in addition to directly being in the Word of God. 
you like what you're hearing, would you sign up to get email updates? When you'll get to find out whenever a new episode or a blog post appears. All you have to do is go to thykingdomcomma.com and sign up. When you do, you'll receive a PDF of a month-long devotional that goes with the reading of the Gospel of John. It's yours free when you sign up. So what are some ways that we can look to others who have walked with the Lord and have gleaned from his word and have distilled things out for us, uh, let's say. I mean, obviously, this isn't a substitute for being in the scriptures. We definitely want to be there. But these are other tools in our toolbox as Christians. Number one, read the Puritans. This past year, I discovered uh, A Divine Cordial by Thomas Watson. Uh, that's a really good one. The Mission of Sorrow by Gardner Spring. I think he's technically a later Puritan, but, uh, but that was really, really good. And there are so many other ones. Uh, I was just reading a blog post. I'll put a link to it. Actually, I put a link to it recently, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, one brother summarized Jeremiah Burroughs, what is it, The Art of Christian Contentment or something? I, I, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so that one I don't remember. But I'll put that in the show notes. But it was great because he just distilled the whole book in a blog post, and it was really, really helpful. But again, that was the Puritans. So, number one, read the Puritans. Number two, read Charles Spurgeon. He'll just feed your soul. He's just a good, encouraging preacher, pastor. He was from the 1800s, if you, if you don't know him. He was one of the most preeminent preachers. In his writing, it's a different time. It's a little more flowery. It's a little bit more repetitive. But you kind of learn to go with it, and it, it's not that bad. But I definitely recommend... Uh, reading Charles Spurgeon. It's so pastoral. Uh, it's it's just really good stuff that, that he says. So, so read the Puritans, number one. Number two, and these aren't in any particular order, by the way. So, um, but read the Puritans. Read Charles Spurgeon. As I, as I like to say, read dead guys. Obviously, the Puritans are dead. Spurgeon's dead. Some of these other ones I'm going to mention are dead. But oh, so number three is read dead guys. And I know that's kind of a general thing, but the idea is that their works, their writings, they've had a chance to stand the test of time. So unlike a lot of the books that are out today and a lot of the authors today that are, you know, they're on the New York Times bestseller list for a Christian book. And to be honest with you, you open the book and it's terrible. These are people who their writings have been, been tested by time. I think of um, uh, Thomas Fuller, uh, the French preacher, uh, Adolphe Menard, uh, F.B. Meyer. So those are some, and I'll put some links in the show notes. And I think they're also on in the storeroom. If you go to thykingdomcomma.com uh, to the storeroom there, there's a link for the storeroom. I think I have a few of these there. Uh, number four is uh, is still alive. He's about 90 years old now. Uh, Jay Adams. Uh, Jay Adams, if you don't know... Jay Adams has written over a hundred books and countless articles, but Jay was the one who really started the biblical counseling movement. 
And I know I'm talking a lot about biblical counseling, but that's because that's what my area of study was in, and, and it's just my area of interest. But it's still the idea of just talking to ourselves, growing in Christ through the scriptures and applying those to our lives. That's biblical counseling. It's just looking to the word of God to guide us. So don't think I'm talking specifically about, uh, you know, only to people, well, you know, who are in counseling or do counseling. We all counsel ourselves. But, uh, but Jay was the one who really gave a proper Christian biblical counter to the secular counseling, the psychology and psychiatry of, of the world. So uh, even if you don't think you'll ever, quote unquote, counsel someone in your life, I recommend his book, Competent to Counsel, uh, because A, it'll help you understand the history of modern psychiatry and psychology, and B, at some point, you will counsel yourself. So it'll equip you in that. And uh, a third reason is you may disciple someone. And much of what is in his book can be helpful to even disciple another believer. So read Jay Adams, definitely. Let's see, uh, another thing is, uh, I guess a, a number five would be read Christian biographies. You know, it's so encouraging when we can look at the lives of other brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us to see what they went through, to see how God worked in their lives, how God answered prayer, how they looked to the Lord. Definitely feed and feast on Christian biographies. And number six, read Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, if you've never read that, uh, I can you know, there are, there are, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, there are, I know there are Christians who read it through like probably once a year, but it's, it's such a good book. I don't do it. I don't read it once a year. It's such an example of the Christian's life and all that we go through and how God equips us and delivers us and all of his kindness to us along the way. And so much more I could say about that one. So a few quick caveats, as we're looking at these resources that are not directly in the Bible, um, be discerning, right? Number one, be discerning. If you don't know if someone is a trusted resource, ask your pastor. Ask the Lord to give you discernment. Uh, as you're reading it, it, you know, Lord, is this good? Is this, uh, is this a helpful thing? Do some research on the internet. Uh, someone gave me a book years ago that it seemed like it was a pretty good Christian book. A lot of what it said was pretty good. But it was interesting. When I looked it up, it really doesn't have a widespread acceptance within Christianity because the writer eventually kind of flaked out. I know, for example, I think it's Hannah Whitehall Smith. She wrote the allegory, Hind's Feet in High Places. She starts off, that one's really solid, but then I think a couple of things she wrote later, not so solid. I believe Watchman Nee is another one who has some good things to say, but then kind of went off. So people do that in life. So you have to be discerning about who and how you read them. Number two, don't be put off if a book has older language and it's harder to read. Be willing to take up the challenge. Be willing to be stretched in that way. Ask the Lord to help you. One of the best things you can do for yourself and for others as you grow in Christ is to be able to read something written a hundred years or more ago. And if it just isn't working, look for a version of it in an updated modern English 
Because, like, for instance, Pilgrim's Progress, there's definitely an updated version of that. Number three, I know, I'm a bookworm, so I'm always going to recommend a book or an author or something, but I know that's not for everyone. Not everyone enjoys reading. Visit sites like sermonaudio.com or I'llBeHonest.com, and I'll put links to these in the show notes if you're not familiar, to find good audio or video resources. There are thousands, especially today, there are thousands of good quality resources out there. You know, I think for the ladies of Elizabeth Elliot, uh, Elizabeth Prentice, these are some just some of the ladies that, godly women who have written uh, godly things that have helped women over the years. So really, we're being discipled and mentored by these previous generations. And with that, let me go ahead and close us in prayer, because we're about out of time. Lord, thank you for the wealth of godly, biblical resources we have such easy access to. Please discipline us to look to you always and in all things, and to lead us to good and godly resources that help us grow in understanding and applying your word to our lives. Thank you, Lord, for all your kindness to us. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. By the way, if you'd like a copy of today's show notes, just visit www.thykingdomcomma.com forward slash three. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Be sure to join us next time as we dig deeper into God's Word and apply it to our lives. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please tell others. You can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash thykingdomcomma or you can visit us on the web at thykingdomcomma.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.